We are the Adventuring Guild, and this is the Home Brew Review. joining us once again for the final episode in our four-part series of Princes of the Apocalypse. We will be finishing off at level 16, and the audio for this section is once again provided by TabletopAudio.com. Check them out for some of their amazing soundtracks and ambience. We will go ahead now and do our final reviews for these classes and races. Since Virgil's still leveling up, I guess I'll just review... Uh, leveling up, I am a 16th level Barbarian now, so I finally got that last uh, Bear Totem ability, so I'm going to do a bit better tanking, since now, <laughs> if, well, I have the hit points, I just, there's not a lot of incentive to strike the tree. Now, uh, as long as you guys stay within, you know, range of the battle tree, uh, enemies will have disadvantage when they're striking you guys and not me. So a little bit of incentive for the enemies. Uh, I finally broke 200 hit points as well, and I put my ability score increase to my strength just for more damage. Uh, honestly, with the, the bonus hit point from the race, it's not too outside of like what the dwarf would also get, so I don't think it's very broken. If you are trying to be a hit point monkey, it is possible to, to break the, the 200 before level 20. Uh, and if, uh, if I took the toughness feat just to get that extra like 16 hit points at this level, it wouldn't really make much of a dent. But it's a really fun thing to not have to really worry about your hit points. That way the healers can really worry about the rest of the cast. Uh, so, and also, uh, Brutal Dice. So if I crit, I get to a little bit more. But, I don't know. I've noticed the Barbarian does a lot of taking hits. But unless it's a crit, they don't really dish out too much. No, that is one of the things about the Barbarian that they are very reliant on. Um, yeah, is that crit hit. Okay. Okay. Um, so, for the witch, I have noticed that I, well, first off, I either do no damage, meaning I don't roll well enough to do it, or I do all the damage. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I've done less than 40 so far. Um, and she's only snowballing from there. Now I have four spells, which I've actually just given to my top spell slots, because their passive bonuses are great enough um, being times, you know, the, the spell slot that uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to put a spell there. And at 14th level, not even at 16th, at 14th level, I can rip someone's soul from their body, dealing 10d6. It's 5d6 uh, ne- necrotic and 5d6 psychic, and I can just do that. And it's <laughs> that is nuts. Yeah, it's getting really ridiculous the amount of damage that I can dish out, especially where Witch Bolt is just a first level spell, but it's still one d twelve. 
So even if I just bump it up to, you know, a fifth level spell, then I'm doing 5d12 plus all of the passive bonuses from the spirits that are even higher level. Awesome. So I, I do think that this is a little bit broken. It would be, but I think the balance there is, like you said, you either hit or you don't. Yeah. You, you've got all the damage or just regular whatever. Well, and I've noticed that I don't have a whole lot of AoE spells. In fact, I don't... I have one. I have one AoE spell out of my entire uh, spell sheet. So, really, I can just blow one person into a crater at a time. Yeah. So, if she's, you know, by herself in a big group of people, it wouldn't be as effective. Like, she'd have to take a bunch of hits before dispatching everybody. Yeah. Which, uh, that I think is where a lot of the balance is going to be for that one in the end. Is very good single target, burst damage, get them dead. However, if they have resistances, immunities, or you aren't able to release those spirits, you're just out of luck. Yep. Alright. You keep changing everything. Oh, and, yes. I don't know, uh, as like part of the, the podcast, I have noticed how close my character and Virgil's character are. If I wasn't evil, then my character and Virgil's character could be near identical. Which I think is interesting, that the bard and the witch class could be so close together like that. Because as we've been going along, I've noticed that a lot of the spells that Virgil has talked about or has taken, I also have on my spell sheet. So, I don't know, I thought that was neato. And I think all of our, like, saves and everything like that are the same, too. Yeah. So... That is kind of neat. And it really would depend on the spirits that you took to kind of help shape that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I can see very much on how it could end up being a uh, very support-heavy class. Uh-huh. Because I saw that some of the spirits are actually, like, spirits of, like, motivation and stuff like that. You so know, you like, could actually yeah. give bonuses to your friends. Well, and like I said in the beginning, there is a lot of utility um, with the witch. So if I didn't... If I didn't want to be doing a bunch of damage, I could just be keeping everybody else alive. Yeah. Um, you know, or not having to eat or sleep or, you know, do anything like that. Yeah. So I thought it was really interesting how close our two characters are for being so vastly different. Okay, uh, who would like to go next? I'll go. Okay. Alright, so, progression for the Cleric of the Forge. Once you hit level 8 is really where you really kind of see his peak as far as utility is concerned. Once you get beyond that... You really, you really don't gain a lot from the Cleric of the Forge as opposed to just any of your other standard Cleric uh, options. Your only real big uh, boost come at level 14 when you double the strength of your Divine Strike, so instead of 1d4 fire damage a turn, you're dealing 2d4, and then of course any of your other basic ability scores and having access to some pretty, pretty fun high-level Cleric stuff. So... That's when the cleric feels very kind of early mid-game focused for adventurers. Although I think in the right campaign setting, you can do a lot more with it. Yeah. And that is one thing that I think they focus on a whole lot more in the Unearthed Arcana is early early abilities as opposed to more late game, simply because I think that's where most of their playtesting has been at. I mean, a lot of their focus is on the first and second tier, um, simply because that's where 90% of the Adventure League adventures take place that I've ever played in. Um, But yeah, that is definitely something to note. But like you said, that Divine Strike is very handy. It's not a ton of damage, but it's consistent every round kind of a thing. So yeah. Cool. Now that I got all my stuff figured out, 
pretty much this bar class, now that I hit level 16, it's going to take a huge jump in power, actually getting really crazy powerful. In the ability got at 14th is the Virtuoso of Captivation. It's a really neat ability, but if it was in a different setting, I, I think it would be far more powerful. I doubt we're going to get to anything like that today, but or on this week, but basically for up to 10 minutes, any number of creatures I choose within 60 feet that can hear me have disadvantage on saving throws against being charmed or mag against magical sleep. In addition, targets have disadvantage on wisdom, perception rolls that rely on sight or sound to detect targets other than myself. In combat, I can spend an action each turn uh, to continue the performance, but I also get it at a short or long rest when used, so I can see it being for, like, an infiltration type thing, and you're okay, like, I'm gonna solo and be the only distraction. You can get so much out of that. I don't know how it's gonna play out in this setting, but the other thing is I took the journeyman conducting, uh, the journeyman conductor's feet, uh, which Matt Mercer wrote for this class as well. It gives me two, or gives me two more conducting techniques, so now I have a total of six out of the ten, but it also gives me a plus one bardic inspiration. I am now up to nine bardic inspiration, so I can just start handing him out willy-nilly, not worrying too much about running out. Yeah. Really utility ones, guiding tone, I can uh, push someone ten feet in any direction I choose. Uh, Hasten lets me actually bump someone up in initiative order. If, Ooh. hey, we got a plan. <laughs> hey, this enemy's gonna go first, but they're really low and I'm worried they might kill. I could just be like, no, I'm gonna roll my bardic inspiration and I'm gonna shove you up in uh, in, in initiative order. So and is that a permanent or a single round? Uh, let's see. Hasten tempo. Uh, your manipulation of tempo and song can inspire others to act more quickly. You can use your, bar your bonus action on your turn to choose one creature other than yourself within 60 feet. Expend and roll of bardic inspiration, uh, adding the number rolled to the creature's initiative and moving them up in wow. initiative order accordingly. If this would uh, move them higher than you, they immediately take their turn after you this round. The creature cannot be affected by a haste and tempo again until they've finished a short or long rest. But still, that is huge. So it sounds permanent. So basically yeah. it's like, oh, we one person's the last one in order? Now I'm going to bump you up to the up to the top, possibly. I was going to say, it's, like, that's a, an action to do that? Bonus action. Okay, yeah. so, wow. so and that affects each target. How many times can you use that in a day? It's a, it's based on the target, right? Yeah. So you can. So then, in four turns, you, you can, I can bump do, all I can of us do up it to everybody, but Correct. you would have to wait a short rest before you can be affected again. But the still, I mean, imagine that yeah. down the totem. Yeah, base entire fight. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and imagine doing that in a situation like uh, somebody's down to ten hit points. Use your bonus action to bump, bump them up. The Use your action to kill. To... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Here you go. You're going next, bud. <laughs> ah, that is so powerful. Uh, yeah. Uh, Earthquake! Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, a couple of the other ones I took. Sorry, you're dead. Yeah. Uh, one of the other ones I took was uh, Aria of Suspense. For 10 minutes, 
we can't be surprised, uh, and we gain a bonus to saving throws in, against traps and environmental hazards equal to my Bardic Inspiration roll. So you That's... can get a plus 12 to saving throws in, against traps. And, and in this situation... It's so power. Yeah, and in this situation, <sighs> we're not going to run it uh, simply for the podcast because of time constraints and everything else, but I think normally it, it, in this uh, situation, you would be affected by the extreme heat of being within this, which would cause exhaustion. With that D12, the DC starts off at 5. I mean, you yeah, wouldn't... Uh, that I think ridiculous. if you had a full, drawn-out campaign, this class would shine way more than it has. Yes. But... I don't know, I've had a blast playing this. Like, it's so fun. The, th- the thought of what do I have to do this next round to support is the basically the hard part I'm having is what can I do as a support role. Exactly. It's yeah. interesting to see, like, how each different class is more, like, suited for different campaigns. Like, mine and Virgil's are going to be pretty good. Mine and the Vars are going to be pretty good in this. Um, as, like, my big attack goes off of charisma, like, they have to make a charisma saving roll, which I don't think any of the monsters that we're going to come across in this type of thing are going to have a whole lot of charisma, but, you know, something like, like, uh, the clerics who kind of peaked earlier. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting to see. It is, and different classes have that balance much differently. Like, the barbarian, you get a lot of good stuff in the beginning, in the middle. Oh, yeah. It tapers off just a little bit mid-game, but then that very last ability with 24s and two stats. So yeah, it, it is interesting to see where that peak happens and what those key abilities are. Although I don't think, like, in all of the games that I've played, I don't think I've ever gotten this far. So for, like, minor Virgils, it'll be, it's kind of not super worth the wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's part of the reason why I wanted to go all the way to 16, is it wasn't 20, because so few campaigns actually hit 20 that a lot of people aren't really going to get that benefit. But 15, 16, that is kind of the ending levels of a lot of adventure books that are out there. Oh, so yeah. that's that's right where I kind of wanted to end it. And with 16 being the ability score increase universally across classes, it's a good spot to land at. So on that note, let us go ahead and start. We are going to be starting up near the Ifrit's lair, right by the fire shrine. You have uh, just handily taken out the two eternal flame priests and the razor beast that were guarding this shrine. Basalt pillars rise from the glassy floor of the circular cave to support a smooth domed ceiling. Niches carved into the columns hold dancing flames that illuminate copper tapestries hanging on the walls. Each tapestry bears the symbol of the fire cult. Just in front of the wide exit tunnel stands a dais with a with an altar atop it. Before the last altar kneels three cultists, two in robes and one encased in armor. To the north and south of the small chambers attached to the shrine, an ornate privacy screen blocks the view to the north. The southern room is circular and lavishly decorated. So you have already taken out those cultists and the razor beast, or razor blast, excuse me. Um, and you have uh, two chambers that you can investigate. There is also... Going further in, you can see there is a large stretch of rock going out into the lava pool itself. And of course, there is extreme heat here. We're not going to be playing with that mechanic today, but normally uh, this would be an area of extreme heat. Just before we get any further, before we got here, I would have used a Hero's Feast on everyone. So we all get immune to be poisoned, uh, immune to frightened. Uh, all wisdom saving throws are with advantage, and our ma- and this is for you, our barbarian. 
all of our max hit points are increased by 2d10. Uh, and we get that same number of hit points. Alright, you want to roll the 2d10? Oh, sure, yeah, I can. Yeah, we can do a single Big roll. Big money, okay, nine. So we all get nine to our max HP. I forgot to, I forgot to, I forgot to have my hit points. Alright, so two things I want to do. I do. Yes. I am kind of interested in the the uh, outcropping up into the lava lake. Correct. But I am going to. I'm sorry to put this pressure on you, Bob. I'm going to conjure a celestial. That is fine with me. <laughs> I have a feeling you will likely need it. Uh, what type of celestial will we be conjuring? Hey. All it says is it is a celestial of challenge rating four or lower. The DM has the celestial statistics. Other than that, it does not say. Break out the Hound Archon. This would be what you summoned. <laughs> a Kowaddle? Correct. It is either that or a Unicorn if you had a ninth level spell slot. I do not have a ninth level yep. spell slot. So that is the highest one that you can get. Alright, so okay. you guys are in this uh, domed chamber. There is uh, a privacy screen like this. on the north, and the southern room is circular and very lavishly decorated. In the room to the south, there would be... Uh, lots of gold and tapestries and very uh, ornate sculptures, everything fire-oriented. There's got to be good stuff in there. Obviously. Well, that Let's doesn't go. hold my interest. I'll take a look at the other uh, hiding hole. The north one? Yeah, the one that doesn't the treasure. Okay, beyond the privacy screen is a comfortable bedchamber. Several pieces of suggestive art hang on the walls, and a number of risque sculptures of humans, tieflings, and other creatures, and the throes of passion adorn side tables. In the middle sets a bed that is with plush covers and mini pillows. An armoire stands against the side wall. Ah. I found pillows. <laughs> and some humans doing weird things. Oh well. Okay. It's a bar thing. Oh my gosh, that was great. Let's go with, uh, uh, Pollinating. Oh! Pollinating. Oh boy. Can trees blush? No. Just imagine all the leaves fall out of my head. Yeah. It's early fall and some of your leaves, they turn red. Yeah. All right, so section. that privacy screen and everything, you went in there and looked, and there was just stuff you didn't quite understand as a non-human. Nope. We'll tell right. you are older. <laughs> I am only a sapling now. <laughs> yes. So, does anybody want to investigate the southern chamber, or do you want to continue on? I don't want to look in it. Okay. Colorful carpets and throw pillows are scattered across the floor, while a sumptuous feast is laid out on an obsidian table along the far wall. Under it is an ornate chest. A divan with finely woven cloth coverlets and pillows sits along the north side. Small jets of flame that emerge from the walls at regular intervals light the place. You said there's a chest. Yeah, I was just like, let's try to open the chest. You said there's a chest. <laughs> is okay. it locked? I hope it's a it is not. greedy, greedy people. <laughs> it is not I locked. Can I make a straight check to see if it's trapped? I made this chest out okay. of mimic skin. Uh, actually... I'm gonna have. I'm gonna use my uh, aria of suspense, just in case. Wait, so, so you're gonna have theme music to go with you opening the chest? No, 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 no. It was a trap. All right. So, sorry. That was funny. I gotta roll this die real quick. Hey, dog! That was a ten. So we all have a plus ten 
to saves and that. So, can I inspect to see if it's trapped? Okay, yes. Roll. Or a 21. There's no magical traps on it. Okay. You want me to perception check it for traps? Sure. Perception is not my thing. So, I do have danger sense. If you want me to open it up, at least I get advantage on my, like, decks to jump out of the way. Do it. Yeah, I can do that. Or I can. When you, that's true. You really want to test those spirits, don't you? It's like a 15. Yeah. Uh, there appears to be nothing out of the ordinary. It's just a regular chest. I don't see anything. I'll open it. Okay. Inside you find 750 gold pieces, a potion of speed, and a tin tube containing a scroll of immolation. Well, you don't know that it's a scroll of immolation, but no. anybody that can cast it. <laughs> I found a metal paper. Do you want it? And yes. Water. You can have it. <laughs> I don't think that's water. Uh, it is an water. unearthed arcana spell. Yes, it is. Or not unearthed. Unearthed arcana. It's a elemental evil. evil. Correct. It involves fire. All right. Behind the shrine uh, is the only other way to go. So we go behind the shrine. Yay. All right. Uh, you can go two abreast down here if you would like. What is the marching order? Uh, I figure it'll be Macor, then... I'll walk, I'll walk beside you. Then our, it's a scroll. Yeah, okay. I guess we'll just do the reversed uh, staircase. <laughs> the okay. tallest to shortest. Okay. <laughs> As you cross... <laughs> let me see here. The last note's the most important. Yes. It's the downbeat. <laughs> As you guys cross, you get about halfway down there, and a young red dragon flies out of nowhere and lands behind you. Uh, real quick, a stream of lava flows down this long, sloping chamber to an immense magma pool beyond, tumbling over a series of rock shelves. One enormous point of a rock juts up and forward from the lava, or from the flow. So, uh, as I said, a red dragon flew from the little island and over behind where you were. Trapping you essentially from going back. Oh, oh no. no! So now the it bard's in the front line. It roars at you and demands to kneel before its power. I, I am Elanix, and I am the greatest red dragon that has ever been. I'm gonna start laughing. Um, just cackling. Like a waddle can talk to it. Well, it would be speaking common at this point. Can oh. I make a history check to see if I know any stories about any other red dragons? Yeah, go for it. I'm just laughing. Thirteen. I just realized if he was speaking Draconic, I could understand it. <laughs> Are you forgetting you're a lizard man? I forget yes, a lizard man. He had an epiphany. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Mom, Dad, am I adopted? <laughs> I'm a blue dragon, too. <laughs> uh, yes, you would have heard uh, several stories of other great dragons out there. Uh... Okay, uh, you know mostly, though, from the stories and the lessons behind them, that they are very arrogant, but not exactly the most intelligent creatures in the world. I have I have not heard of your name. I've heard of several other dragons, but as a bard, <laughs> as a bard, I would love... Please, tell me these tales that make you the greatest. I would love to write them down and spread your lore across the lands. Okay, uh, he, he would definitely kind of perk up at that just a little bit and says, And I have not heard of you, Bard. I do not feel that you are worthy to tell my tales. Would it be possible for me to give the information to another Bard that you might know? Aren't the Bards that I know from my day are but piles of bones in the bottom of graves now? They can't tell many stories that way. I, I may not be the greatest of Bards, but 
I give you my word as Varian Oakbottom of the Bardic lineage of Oakbottoms. <laughs> I see you trying not to laugh. Uh, that I will do my greatest to make your tales known far and wide. I suppose that could appease me. Go ahead and make a persuasion check to see how much he is appeased. Or deception or performance, I don't care. It depends on what you're going to do. Uh, that is a 22. Yes. He would be very uh, appeased by this and would spend several minutes counting off all of his tales. I would write them down. Yeah, he, he's just going off. And he would then settle back on his perch, smug as can be, and relax for a nap on his hoard of treasure. The way has been cleared behind you. Not that you were heading that way, but... This titanic cavern is filled with a lake of gently undulating magma. A rough, uneven causeway of natural rock leads out into the middle, to a point where two crooked pillars of glassy black rock jut up on either side of the great altar of the same stone. Just beyond the altar are gargantuan statue colossus, or gargantuan stone colossus, rises from the lava to its waist, its head thrown back as if in agony. Tears of lava stream down its face and lava wells from its gaping mouth. Above the Colossus's head hovers a great orb of fire and light, a miniature sun with motes of fire swirling around it. The ceiling is another 20 feet up, at least 100 feet overhead. All right. You see, standing in front of it, is Vanifer. Uh, well, you don't know it's Vanifer. You see a... Call you Vanifer. Yes, you shall call me Vanifer. You see a tiefling, uh, black of hair and red of skin, with horns jutting out of each side of its forehead, calling out with tender strike, a weapon of great tale that a bard such as you would have heard of. With this key, I call forth my master, the Eternal Flame! The portal flares and a gout of flame strikes the fire elemental kneeling before the portal, and it expands into Imix. Your fire is weak compared to that of the forge of my god! With that, roll initiative. Oh man. Never heard of a fire god getting killed by a tree. <laughs> Alright. It finally happened. We rolled a nat 20, so I got a 19. <laughs> <laughs> Worth the praise. Okay. 15. <laughs> 11. Yes! 17. Ow! Suck it! God, you guys get so excited over a niche. You're last and I'm not. Oh crap, but I gotta roll for my koala. What the hell? It rolled a 15 with a plus. It's, it's, it's in line with me. It gets a plus 5 to its decks. Okay. Alright. It is going to go ahead and go first. Uh, the first thing that it is going to do, uh, on initiative count 20, uh, which is right after it, it is going to go ahead and use a lair action and a thick cloud of black smoke and burning embers fills a 40-foot sphere within 120 feet of him. So it will last for one round. So ever, all of you take 10 fire damage. No, no. My one weakness. <laughs> I take 5 fire damage. I take... <laughs> Alright. Now that that has happened, it is going to cast haste on itself. I'm going to counter spells. Okay. Haste is a third level spell. So yeah, it's so it is automatically canceled. All right, it is now Ashma. Well, since I don't want to drop my my concentration for my celestial, 
Uh, let's just go ahead and I'm gonna have the Celestial cast Bless on our three main damage dealers. Okay. Being me. So they're not Bard. <laughs> oh, not you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bard. Just wait, man. Just wait. All right. And then uh, it will move. Can it get behind our enemy? Uh, yeah, it could fly behind there. It. Yeah, I'm going to say you guys were, are within about 30 feet of it when all this happens. So, yeah, it could move, uh, let's call it 35 feet and get behind it. I think we'll find where its actual movement speed. It can fly ninety feet, so yeah. Yeah, no, that's so yeah, it's, it's gonna get back behind, and uh, I'm going to take offense to this fiery fiend. I'm gonna stop up and take a swing at it with my mace because I okay. is that a nat twenty? Yes, it is. Dude, you are on fire now. Literally, <laughs> actually, no, literally, you made a melee attack within ten feet of him, so you take seventeen fire damage. So I will take what's half of seventeen, eight oh, fire you damage. Oh, so you are literally on fire. How much damage do you do, kind sir? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> ten plus six is sixteen. Plus adding... Don't worry about the fire damage. He's <laughs> using me the fire damage, but okay. I'm going to roll it anyway. Okay. Oh, crap, that's double two. Ha, there you go. He gets double immunity to nonsense. That's actually a really good roll. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. So he just takes a smack to the face with a magic mace. Okay, he took the smack to the face with a magic mace. Say that five times fast. On to Varian. Alrighty, Varian is going to cast uh, Bane. Okay. That D4 will actually probably do you guys some good. He's got a bunch to plus to hit. Um, let's see. Ka- what save is that? Charisma. Uh, he's actually fairly good 18. at that. 18. He's going to go ahead and take it. Um, so that is uh, 9, so he fails. All right. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I have advantage on saving throws against magical effects. I, don't know. I rolled a four. <laughs> okay. He is affected by Bane. Anything else, kind sir? Uh, I'm going to spend three charges of my Wand of Magic Missile. Whew. So that would be... Third level Magic Third missile. level Magic Missile. Uh, no. Uh, one charge for one, and one, two, so yes, three. third level. Yeah. So that would be one, two, three first. So five D4. Correct. Five. 18 points of force damage. Not too bad. Alright. On then to Reyna. Sweet. I'm just going to cast Witch Bolt because it's really working well. Alright. Go for it. Okay. Well, okay. Let me roll first. 22. Yes, that will hit him. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5... 36 points of damage. Okay. 36. Not too shabby so, at all. And that is lightning damage, correct? How much did yeah. I do on that crit? Yeah. <laughs> um, how much did you do on that crit? <laughs> like 12. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on then to uh, Brackenwood. Alright. Oh. Wait. Oh, sorry. Nope. Oh. And 16 points of Psychic. Uh, it's going to go ahead and use a Legendary Action then, um, at that point, and shoot out a Heat Wave. 
So everybody takes nine fire uh, damage if they're <laughs> carrying metal weapons or wearing metal armor. And each creature in the area that isn't resistant or immune to fire damage must make a DC 21 con save. Oh, God. All right, so... I haven't started rage yet. I'm taking double damage. How much damage was that? Uh, nine. So I'll take four. Wait, so if I'm not wearing... Because I'm wearing leather and I'm not holding on to Aren't we wearing Elven Chain? Oh. Yep, Elven Chain. So we take how much? Nine. Uh, Nine points, and I need a DC 21 con save. Failed that. And Waddle needs to make his con save. What's his... Uh, 57... Nope, he's only an 18. And I failed that. Alright, anybody that failed gains one level of exhaustion. Alright, on then to... Brackenwood, so, correct. Now I'm going to start my rage, because taking double fire damage sucks. Yes, it does. And critting. <laughs> so, you do take 17 points of fire damage for it, but yes. Okay, finally, just 17, though. Not double. Okay, so... 47 great axe damage. I like, all the I like that your crit doesn't, yep. like, it gets, it exceeds what I do normally, but not by much. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't run out of these. <laughs> don't run out of these. Alright, your second attack? Second attack is a 25 to hit. Yes. Four, uh, 19 points of damage. Not too shabby, then. Oh, I'm sorry, not 19. Um, 24, uh, 21 damage. Still not too shabby. Alright, it is definitely not liking that, and it is going to go ahead and expend uh, another legendary action to Heat Wave again. So, uh, once again, 9 points of fire damage, and uh, anybody that isn't resistant or immune, I need a con save. Another level of exhaustion? Uh, another level of exhaustion. Don't save a 20. Okay, but aren't you is... resistant to fire? I am, but oh. the quaddle isn't. Gotcha. Okay, so your speed is now halved. Remember, um, you guys have bardic inspirations. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, it was too low for that to matter. It is now his turn, so he is going to go ahead and make two fire blast attacks. <laughs> All right. Uh, crit hit on you, fine sir. Oh, joy. Oh, thank God. And on you, Reyna, uh, 20, not nap. Dang it. Yeah, that'll hit. All right. Take 70 points of fire damage. Good thing I'm raging. Yes, and uh, you take 35. Okay, so... Okay. Uh, I'm at half hit points. I've taken 116 damage. Holy cow. All right. Uh, That is it for his turn. Ashmaz. through all of my spirit hit points. (laughs) I'll take a crit. The Quaddle is going to... Who all is suffering from severe exhaustion? Two. I have two levels of it. Can I have two levels? No. Okay, well, I don't have to move to hit him. You have to move to hit him? I don't. You do? Oh, yeah, but I only have to put one level of exhaustion. Uh, I stay in the back, so I... I need hit points more than anything. Uh, the Coatl can heal, but it's a, a, a standard cure. Restore. Need the battery attacks. Um, uh, what, what size is this guy? He would be considered huge. Okay. I'm going to bite him. Okay. Well, the coaddle the is going to bite him. All right. Uh, it takes 17 fire damage, but... Well, a 19? Uh, 19 will hit, yes. Uh, so he will take 8 piercing damage. I'm just going by the base instead of the, the that roll. That is more than fine. Uh, eight, 8 piercing damage, and he, makes, uh, he has to make a con save or be poisoned for 24 hours. Uh, he is going to go ahead and choose to... Uh, oh, well, 16, does that pass? Yeah. Okay, yeah, then never mind. All right, yes. 
He passes that shit. It's a good thing because Quattle uh, Poison is very potent. Yeah, that's why I was going to choose to succeed if I failed it. Because <laughs> I haven't used that yet. Um, and I am going to. Uh, let's cast Guiding Bolt. Okay. As a fourth level spell. Ooh. So that's going to be 4d6 plus another 3. If it hits. I believe in you. Use your bard powers. It's not a bard. Yep, that'll hit. Uh, 25. Yeah. So he'll take 17 radiant damage, and the next person to attack him has advantage. Alright. That seriously pissed him off, and so I need a constitution save from you, fine sir. Uh, let's go ahead and use that bardic inspiration. Uh, 13 isn't going to cut it, is it? No, it is not. Uh, you take 70 fire damage and you are set on fire. You take 10 additional 70? fire damage every st- uh, at the start of uh, your turn. So I am down to 39 hit points. Did he use emulation? Uh, combustion. Oh. And he can do that for free. Oh, good. All right. It is now Varian's turn. Okay. <clears throat> I am going to cast Mass Cure Wounds. Good call. At fifth level. Well, first off, I want to give you Bardic Inspiration, D12, and I'm going to cast Master Wounds at the fifth level. So that's 3D8. 12 points of healing. Uh, you can roll your Bardic Inspiration for additional health. Doesn't so work on 10 hit points, right? No. Well, then it doesn't matter. So you said 12. 12 so I get 19 back. 23. And damage. the Coatl gets. doesn't have Bardic Inspiration, so it just gets the 12. And I get 12 as well. Okay. Barry, anything else you would like to do? Uh, you gave your bonus action already for that. Gave my bonus action. Reina! <laughs> so I'm actually gonna, like. Unload. Yeah, I'm gonna re. I'm, I'm not taking the 1d12. Okay. Aiming again. Oh, 14. That does not quite hit. Do you have your Bardic Inspiration? I have my Bardic Inspiration, okay. which is a... D12. D12. Oh my god. Normally I don't think you can use it after, That's but D12. I'll allow it. You can? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Wait, yeah, Bardic Inspiration specifically says you can. Awesome. Oh, they're in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I couldn't find mine. So you used to rolling your G12s. Nine. That will hit So, them. yeah. There you go. Sweet. Right <laughs> Just conducting frantically. 31 lightning. Okay. 16 psychic. Okay. Yep, and I'm releasing hate at... What level did I have hate in? Seven. So... Wow. 29 okay. necrotic damage. Yeah, he definitely did not like that. I'm not done. Okay. <laughs> Rerolling ones. Four, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Fourteen, so half of that is seven. Um seven necrotic. And four, eight, ten, sixteen, so eight psychic. Okay. So walk us through what you just did. Oh, okay. So I witch bolted for a ton of damage. For a ton of damage, and then I 40, released forty points. Yep, and then I released hate 
uh, which was an 11. extra... No, it was more than that. Yeah, hate was like 29 damage. That's right, yeah. I and split it up into two groups for math. I attempted to rip his soul from him. Jeez. Oh my god. With some success? Yeah, with some success. Okay. Uh, we are then on to Brackenwood. <laughs> Just blew my entire <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll follow up with some swings. Alright. Swing one. Right. That'll be a 24 to hit for 17 damage. Not too shabby. And second swing. Hey, give me a crit. Hot diggity. Okay, so that'll be three. Eleven. is twenty-three. Bob, how much damage did I do just in that one round? Let's see. Twenty. Let me end up. Seventy, eighty something. Seventy-three points. Sweet. That's not bad. A uh, thirty-four for the last swing. Okay. Alright, on to the enemy's turn. It is initiative count of 20. This is probably where I die. (laughs) Oh, you lost your temp hit points for the... I lost... Yeah, so I lost 16. Uh, I need a DC 15 con save. DC 15. Everybody? Everybody, yes. Okay. Got it. Yes! Oh, thank you. you. I lived! Two fails. Okay. Uh, each creature that failed takes 1d8 fire damage, and uh, they gain one level of exhaustion. Are you at third exhaustion level now? Anybody no. at third has disadvantage on attack rolls and saving throws. Thank God. I'm oh. only at one. And you said 1d8 fire damage? Uh, correct, 1d8. Now this is a fight. Yep. Uh, is he fight. is then going to... Uh, he is going to cast Firestorm. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to counterspell that. Okay, give it a shot. It's a 7th level evocation. Uh, is it a straight? Do I add anything? It's my... Nope, it's... Uh, just. I don't add... Oh, it's spellcasting ability, yes. Excuse yeah, me. so uh, that's a plus 5, so 18. 18, okay, <laughs> yes. You okay. fizzle his spell. Excellent job, Maestro. Okay. Alright. He will rue the day he missed. Oh, uh, at the end, him. also before his turn, excuse me, at the end of Brackenward's turn... Oh, no, he can't do that yet. So it's start his turn. It is now yours. We're going to go with the... Uh, who's hurting the worst right now? Hmm. I have 101 damage. Uh, but I still have 103 left. So I have more hit points than you. Yeah, well... For now... Shush. I'm doing okay. Shut up, I'm going to take you to a priest. Um, at the moment. <laughs> My one weakness. I'm going to be a bit selfish here, and I'm going to have him cast Cure Wounds on me. That's fine. That's fine, dude. Because I, I would keep yourself up. You, uh, you do dropping you. a bit. So, yeah. I will... I will uh, oh, uh, anybody within 10 feet of him, sorry, at the start of his turn, takes 17 fire damage. Oh, yep. I'm staying away. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Howie. Um... Actually, before he does that, I'm going to have him provoke an attack of opportunity to move out of the range of his immolating aura. Okay, uh, that was a crit hit. Hmm? He's oh. dead. Yeah, he did. Yep, that's he fine. Did. He did what he needed to do. Okay. No. Okay, so then no cure wound from him on you, nope. correct? All right. Which is... So, so I am going to... Uh, I'm going to do a mass cure. 
Good call. So let's hope that I roll a little bit better than our, our bard. <laughs> I hope you do too. <laughs> 17. Okay. That undoes some of the fire damage. Why do you look smug? <laughs> oh no, the, the bob looks smug. And as a bonus action. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not good when you're just sitting there eagerly waiting for... <laughs> yep. I'm going to, uh, oh, since I'm concentrating on keeping my dude around, oh, I'm going to cast Spinny Blades of, of, of Force Damage. It's not going to hit, but it is there. Okay. Uh, it is going to go ahead, and because I don't want to be unfair, but there's a 50% chance of taking one of you out, I'm going to roll to see who combustion affects this time. One, is it a two, spell? three, four. It is not. It is a legendary action. One. You take 70 points of fire damage, and, uh, oh, uh, sorry, excuse me, I need a constitution save. Uh, you also would have taken 10 points of fire damage at the beginning of your turn from last time. So, so you cast on you last time as well. Um, 16 for my con save. Does not quite make it. You take 70 points of fire damage again. So that's minus... So 35. Uh, on the Tiveridin's turn. Are you dead? No. Fuck. You should not have messed with an oak bottom. <laughs> I want a deck save. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> 19 plus 7. 19 plus 7. Didn't even have to burn a resistance on that one. Okay. And then uh, I'm going to, as a bonus action... Half damage or anything? No, it doesn't even hit. Uh, it doesn't say okay. so. Creature makes the dex on a fail. Uh, on a fail, it takes the damage. Okay. Don't say anything about if it fails. Okay. Or if it succeeds. All right, bonus action then. Uh, healing word on... Uh, Ash Mass. Five. Ten points of healing. Woot! I'm at 33 hit points. Dang. It's true. Alright. Reyna. Doing it again. Alright. Higher this time. Shit. On. 23. That will hit. I'm gonna need some of your d12s. Okay. Remember that that thing has Bane on it. Yeah, two d12s. Yeah, right here. My barbarian side. Anyone's? What is that? A five? Okay. Forty-five. How do you end the Prince of Evil fight? Ah, thank you. I'm just laughing the whole time, like Emperor style, (laughs) screaming cackles at him as I (laughs) blow my only seventh level spot. On a a level one spell. On a level one spell. Dude, it's powerful. It is. (laughs) And throw my head back in. So this is where you harvest your soul, right? Can I do that? I don't think so with this one. Uh, After he explodes into a ball of fire, his essence is pulled back into the fire portal. Tinder Strike lies now on the ground where Emix once stood. I told you the flames of God's Forge were mightier! I would like to point out that I have had the final blow on two of the four bosses. I just realized that and I thought it was really cool. <laughs> Portal's still standing open! Uh, oh, shit. Tell can use that stupid-ass dagger. You chuck it into the portal and it closes with a shriek of all the fire elementals within. And this concludes 
Princes of the Apocalypse. Thank you once again for joining us in the last of this four-part series in Princes of the Apocalypse. We are going to go ahead and say goodbye to these characters as uh, next week we will be playing in Cursed of Strahd with a whole new cast and characters. So thank you all again. Thank you for joining us once again for this episode of Homebrew Review. If you would like to find out more, you can find us on Facebook at Guild Adventure. You can visit our website at www.theadventuringguild.com or you can find us on Patreon. For any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at dmbob at theadventuringguild.com or hit us up on one of our many social media websites. And once again, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review. 